Genesis chapter number 45 tonight, Genesis 45. Thank you, ladies, for the music, as always, is a blessing. Uh, Genesis chapter number 45. And uh, while you're turning there, I'll encourage you to pray for me the next few days. I'll be preaching uh, tomorrow night and Tuesday morning in Waycross, Georgia, uh, for our good friend, Brother Chad Stanley. And they're having an old-time religion conference, a conference there. And so uh, pray, for, pray for me if you would. And I'll be back Wednesday night. I'll be preaching with my dad tomorrow night. And so if there's anything left, I'll preach again Tuesday morning. And uh, I know, I believe uh, Brother Cooper and Brother Hopkins are preaching tomorrow night. I know sometimes because of the proximity, uh, some of you like to get up to that. And so I just thought I'd mention that, uh, that you can pray uh, the the Lord will use that meeting. Genesis chapter number 45, I'm going to begin reading in verse number one. I'm going to read down through verse number five. And uh, my goal this uh, evening is to just leave you with a thought. Um, as a pastor uh, looking at uh, preaching and shepherding, I always want to give things that will help God's people. And uh, I want to be systematic in our Sunday school. I'm very systematic in uh, thinking ahead. Um, I, uh, get, I take, keep track of the messages that I have preached, not just this year, but in years past, so I can make sure that uh, things that are getting, need to get covered, get covered. Uh, when I interact with several of you and I get a sense of what is going on with you, I know a direction. And after talking with a couple of ladies this morning, I know I need to speak on cursing pretty soon. And so, uh, but I'll not mention uh, who that is, but it's uh, somewhere right over in here. But anyway, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, but, um, but sometimes you want to leave a truth that you can, leave, you can use today. Sometimes my goal is just I'm going to preach, and I just want to encourage everybody today, keep their eyes on the Lord, let's get recharged, go out there, uh, serve the Lord this week. And then there's some things that will help you today, but you really want to plant the seed for down the road. And so that's why you should always listen. Say, well, this doesn't apply to me. It might one day. Uh, and so that's my, my goal tonight is to leave uh, a thought uh, that I believe can be a help to you today. Uh, but if it doesn't help you today, if it doesn't apply to you today, I'm certain that it can help you uh, in the future. So let's begin reading verse number one of Genesis chapter number 45. <clears throat> then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood, before, stood by him. And he cried, because every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. Uh, you know the, the context, if you're familiar with Joseph and uh, his story. Um, I, I love the, story, the, the, the life of Joseph, and uh, uh, for as long as I can remember, I like getting into the life of Joseph. And uh, Joseph, as you know, was that dreamer. I preached about it a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he was sold into slavery. And, and through God's provision, he is now uh, second in command of all of Egypt. And uh, he had had those dreams, and uh, God had given him those dreams, and he had interpreted them for Pharaoh, and uh, the, the famine, uh, the good years, and now the years of famine, and he's preparing. And now his brothers, the ones who, who sold him into slavery, now they're in front of him, and jo- Joseph had kept his identity from them. And now we're going to find that he is going to reveal himself to them. And so he's, he, he, while Joseph, in the verse 1, while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren, and he wept aloud, and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard, 
And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph, doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. Uh, if there was an ever, ever an oh no uh, by a group of brothers, it was right then. Uh, they are begging for food. They have been begging for their lives, and now it's I'm Joseph. And uh, they were troubled at his presence. I think uh, uh, that would certainly be true. Verse 4, And Joseph said unto his brethren, <clears throat> Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, <clears throat> whom ye sold into Egypt. Now therefore, be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves, that she sold me hither. Notice this next phrase, For God did send me before you to preserve life. A few weeks ago, I preached on a, a Sunday night about remembering your dreams and how Joseph remembered his dreams. This message is going to parallel with that, but it's going to be a little bit different. That phrase, that text tonight, verse 5, for God did send, you befo- send me before you to preserve life. All of these things have been transpiring in the life of Joseph. It's been a long journey to get to this point. Now God has put his brothers back in his life, and uh, I'd not to take the time to recount his interaction with them from the first time they came, but uh, now he could not contain it anymore to the fact that he had to reveal himself to his brothers. And we, when he let them know who he was, uh, you see the scripture, he says, be not grieved nor angry. Can you imagine all the emotions that had been going through Joseph? And he had probably uh, buried that part of his life. He had probably, that's just a life that, that I'll never have. That's a life where God pulled me out of, and he's put me on this next path. And I'm sure there were questions in his mind, but I, we come to this point where he says, for, he realizes something, for God has sent me before you to preserve life. Tonight I want to preach on this thought. Now I understand. Now I understand. Father, I pray you'll help us tonight as we think on this thought, this truth. And Father, may tonight be another reminder of how we need to trust you. Just continue to follow as you lead. I pray this truth would be a help to someone tonight for something they're dealing with in their life. But Father, may it be something that we file away for the future. And Father, may you just use this uh, thought and this truth. May you uh, help and bless your people. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, Joseph's journey is quite an interesting one. It's quite an intriguing one. I love the, 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 the story of Joseph. I love the study of the life of Joseph. A man that no matter uh, how far he fell, he always bounced back. Uh, he is always, because he trusted the Lord and God. We know the life that God gave him and how God used him. But I, let's be honest. You know, we think of the end of the life of Joseph and how God had put him in second in command. And God had given him power and God had given him authority and God had used him to preserve those people, and Joseph had risen as high as you possibly could rise. It was not always that way for Joseph. You think of Joseph, the beginning of his life, that bright, optimistic, and uh, uh, zealous young man that God had given some dreams, and he didn't mind telling people about his dreams. He didn't mind telling his brothers about those dreams. Now, the brothers weren't excited about his dreams as he was excited about his dreams, but he didn't mind telling them nevertheless. His brothers conspired against him. And Joseph's just excited. My brothers will be just as excited as I am about what God's plan is. 
No, that's not true. How many times, Christian, have you been excited about what you feel like God's doing in your heart only to find out that not everybody's as excited as you are? And we know the story. They conspired to kill him. And they did not kill him, but they dropped him in a pit. And while Joseph is sitting in that pit, only there because his father sent him there to check on them, he could, I believe, hear their voices conspiring to kill him. Let's kill him. Let's shut him up forever. Let's see how real those dreams are. And they decided not to kill him. But can you imagine, as he sat in that pit, I'm sure he didn't understand everything. He didn't know why he was there. It happened at a, so quickly. It happened with no explanation. Then as they sold him into slavery, can you imagine being the apple of your father's eye, wearing the coat of many colors, being the favorite being the one who seemed to have the favor, the one that God put dreams in his heart and have their whole life ahead of them, and now they are sold into slavery and he is a slave. He's told when to get up. He's told when to lay down. He's told when and what and how he could eat. Now he's taken to a strange land, away from his home, away from his family, away from his security. Let's be honest, Joseph was human just like you and I are human. Joseph didn't understand Joseph, no doubt, at this point in his life, it was a blur. It was just surreal. Can I really be, be a slave? Can I really? Can this have really happened? Could I have really? Did I really sit in that pit while I listened to my brothers conspire to kill me? I, I, I wonder how well he was treated. Usually slaves aren't treated very well. And I wonder how well he was tr treated on that caravan. And he's gone from being wearing the coat of many colors. He's gone from being the favored one to one that is in bondage and in slavery. Uh, let's not get, get, a, get a false picture here as we see Joseph the victor at the end of his life. This is Joseph as a young man, and he didn't understand he is sold into Potiphar's house, you know the story, and he is faithfully serving Potiphar. And while serving Potiphar, Potiphar's wife, uh, he catches her attention. His wife was an evil woman. His wife tried to seduce him. And Joseph, you know the story, left behind his coat, refused her advances, and what did she do? Uh, she uh, called the men of the house and said, Joseph uh, did try and uh, lie with me, and, and he tried to uh, take advantage of me. And of course, uh, very quickly, uh, quote-unquote, justice was administered, and Joseph was thrown into a prison because of an accusation. This is Joseph, the favored one. This is Joseph, the one that God had blessed, the one that was the apple of his father's eye, the one who wore that coat of many colors, the one who wasn't so far in the past, had dreamed those dreams that God had given him. And now he's in a prison in a far country, the land of Egypt, that hates Hebrews. He doesn't see a future. He doesn't see any hope. I believe that Joseph, what hope he had, he kept it in God. But let's be honest, Joseph did not understand. I'm sure in those uh, uh, quiet hours of the night as he was in that prison and at lonely times when it was just him and his thoughts, I'm sure he reminded himself that his God did love him and there had to be a purpose, but I don't think he could find any reasoning in it. And I don't think he understood why he had gone from where he had been with his home, his family, 
to the pit, to be sold into slavery, and now just being a faithful servant by his own integrity, he was now cast into a prison. He had experienced all of those things with no explanation. And friend, aren't we reminded tonight that when God allows us to enter a time of trial, a season of suffering, a, a, a time of carrying a burden, God does not sit us down and explain everything to us. God does not say, I'm going to show you how this ends so that you understand. I think all of us, if not now, in the future, will be able to say, I, like Joseph, although my path is not like his, there are times that have come where I found myself and I just don't understand why I'm in the place I am. I don't understand the sickness. I don't understand the disease. I don't understand the death of a loved one. I don't understand how my circumstances have changed. I don't understand how the hardship has come. It wasn't too long ago, and uh, you know, the older you get, the faster life uh, seems to go by and how great the memories used to be. It wasn't too long ago uh, I had my health. It wasn't too long ago we all as a family sat down and huddled around the kitchen table, but that is a distant memory. Life has taken place, and God has allowed Things, too, change our situation. And often we may ask and we may think, I don't understand. And others will try and offer some consolation and say, well, this, but we just still, we just do not understand. But then we find our text this evening. We find Joseph, the man, the same man that had found himself thrown into a pit, the same man who had been sold into slavery, the same one uh, who had been sold into Potiphar's house and because of an accusation had been cast into prison, uh, the same man God plucked out of the prison, God put before Pharaoh, uh, God uh, allowed him to interpret the dreams, and now we find him second in command. We find him ruling the entire nation. Joseph had been busy uh, reaping uh, the, the, the blessings of the seven prosperous years. He had been laying up stores, the food, to uh, preserve his family and to preserve those people. Now God had brought his brothers back into his life. Probably, I'm certain, something he never thought would happen. Joseph didn't know how to respond the first time he encountered his brothers. He kept his, his identity a secret. He spoke in the Egyptian tongue. He was living as an Egyptian would live. He, the scripture says that he spoke to them roughly. Now, I don't know what all that means, but I know it wasn't, hey, good to see you. He spoke to them roughly. I am certain he still did not understand. Now we find our text in chapter number 45. He's already had an encounter with them. He's already sent them back. Now all of his brothers he knows are alive. And all of a sudden, he cannot control his emotions. It just seems the past years of all of the hardship and all of the emotion and all of the tears that he shed and all of the time of loneliness and just looking to God for some kind of an answer, all of the, the things that he had faced... All of those emotions had, had come to this point, and he could not control himself any longer. Our text tonight tells us that because he couldn't refrain himself, he said, everybody get out. 
His servants are out. Those that were there that were assigned to him, he told them to leave. And now he is just with his brothers. And the Bible says he wept aloud. He was so overtaken with emotion that the scripture found it very interesting how the Bible words this. And the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard. Joseph wept to a degree. Now remember, this is Joseph. Only Pharaoh has more power. Joseph, at the snap of his fingers, had servants meeting his needs. He was used to commanding and to ordering. There were those that were just there assigned to make things easier for Joseph and to hear their master weep in such a way. We've never heard him weep like this before. We've never heard this emotion. He wept to such a degree that they heard him outside of that room and word got all the way back to Pharaoh that something's going on with Joseph. We've never heard anybody weep like that before. Then Joseph begins to speak to his brethren. Ask if his father's still alive. And as you could imagine... Now it's his brother's turn to be in that surreal moment. Is this really happening? Our brother who we sold into slavery, is this really him? They don't have much of a response which you can understand. But I find it very interesting and I find this a truth that you and I can hang on to this evening, and it'll be a help to you tonight, but it'll be a help to you in the future, I'm certain. His emotion, because he immediately begins to console his brothers, in verse 5 he says, Now therefore, be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves. Then he goes on, that be angry, don't be grieved, don't be, be, be angry that you sold me. That you did evil to me. That you wronged me. And Joseph, they did not know all that Joseph had been through. They did not know the nights in prison that Joseph had to endure. They had no idea. But all this emotion comes and he says, Don't be angry at yourselves. Don't, don't be grieved. Don't be in sorrow because you sold me hither. And he said... For God did send me before you to preserve life. He says, now I got it. Now I understand. If you parallel this passage of Scripture to his first encounter, he was emotional with them. Don't, please don't miss this truth. But he left their presence and wept privately. Because he didn't know how to interact with them. He didn't know how to respond to them. This is something that he did not anticipate. That they would be thrust back into his lives. I imagine his mind when he saw them went back to the time when he left there. And that life when he was a younger man. And he was carefree. And he had all, all of the joys of a young man and all the hope in front of him. I believe memories came back to them sitting around and, and talking and interacting as a family. I'm certain he thought of his father. Oh, he hadn't seen his father. And his emotion was one... 
that was so overwhelming, he said, I've got to leave the room. And he wept privately. But I think this was a different emotion. I think the first time he wept, he wept because of all of the things that had been built up, all of the hurt, all of the sorrow, all of the things. I never thought I'd see them again. And all he, he didn't know how to respond, so he just left and wept. But this time is different. He doesn't excuse himself. He has all the servants leave. He begins to weep in front of them as he tells them who he is. I believe he was overcome with emotion on his first encounter. He didn't know how to respond. I believe his emotion here, and we find it in verse number 5, he said, now I got it. Now I understand. Now all those prayers I pray, God, what are you doing? And all the times I was lonely and wondered if God had forsaken me. I didn't understand why I had to endure this. I didn't understand the pit. I didn't understand the prison. I didn't understand all of those things. But now I understand. And his emotion was not one of sorrow or pity. It's, I believe his emotion was God revealing the purpose behind all of the suffering. God revealing. Sometimes, friend, you weep because of the suffering. Sometimes, friend, you weep because of the burden. Sometimes you weep because of the, the hardship and the heartache and the disappointment. But I believe we find in the life of Joseph a weeping that Pharaoh heard about, not because of his burden, not because of his heartache, not because of his disappointment, but because he, it was revealed to him God's purpose in it all, God's plan in it all. And it was at that moment he said, I've got it. I understand. Here's the message tonight. <clears throat> I may or may not get to the outline. Well, when you're carrying that burden, there's going to be tears because the burden is heavy. When you're enduring the suffering, there's going to be <clears throat> tears because the suffering is long and is hard. When you say goodbye to a loved one, there are tears and you may say, God, I don't understand the purpose of it or your heart may be so heavy. All that you can communicate to your God is a groaning of the soul. And you bounce from heartache to heartache and you think, this part of my life is done. Well, I wish I could go back and sometimes we let our memory go back to before the pit, to before the slavery. Back before I was cast into that prison unjustly. We want to think, I wish we could go back and things could be differently. I wish we could go back to what used to be normal. And you think sometimes, before my loved one was taken from me, I wish just for a few moments we could go back to that. Before my health was gone, before the disease, before the heartache and that's the emotion that we deal with. And sometimes we just have to excuse ourselves and go weep when we get a glimpse and a reminder of what it was before our burden. If I could be personal, when our daughter Amanda was going through her sufferings, there were times when Oh, it's, God, I just don't know what to do. I don't understand. 
And after the Lord saw fit to take her to heaven, there were times when just a, just a reminder would just bring back a flood of emotion. Sometimes it would be on her birthday. Sometimes it would be on an anniversary of her death. And sometimes it would just come out of the blue and there would be a thought, there would be a memory, uh, there, would, there, would be, there, would, there would be something that would trigger all of the emotion of, of, of the loss and all of the emotion of the hardship, all of the emotion of what we went through. And you could do nothing but just excuse yourself and go and weep. But I can tell you that I've lived long enough from that burden to strike up a conversation with a complete stranger. And oh, they look at you as a pastor and they look at you with the life God has given you and you say, they would never understand what it's like. But I found myself in time say, I lost a child too. And then when the question is asked, how did you get through it? Well, let me tell you how I got through it. God got me through it. I know I'm going to see her again. Well, how do you know that? Well, let me show you how I know that. And it's in those moments you say, now I understand. Now I see. See, friend, let me encourage you tonight. You may be shedding tears tonight because your loss is still fresh. Because the suffering is still real. Because the disappointment is still heavy. Let me say to you tonight, you just continue on. And if you've got to excuse yourself when the memories come back, you've got to excuse yourself when the reminders flood your soul and flood your emotion. You just go excuse yourself and you shed those tears and you pick yourself back up and you get back in, in line. And you fulfill your responsibility. You fulfill your duty. And I'll just tell you tonight that it's going to happen again. And you're going to be overtaken with that emotion and you're going to be wondering, how in the world did I get here? And you'll find those reminders of a better time in your mind before the pit, before the slavery, before the suffering, before the disappointment, before the shattering of all of your dreams. You say, where has my life gone? This is not how I intended it to be. And along the journey of your faithfulness, God will bring it completely around. And then He'll enter something into your life or put you in a place where you'll say, now I understand. There's the person that I was supposed to reach. There's the situation that God had prepared me for. There's the reasoning in it. The very ones who had betrayed me, God sent me ahead to preserve them. Oh, my Father, who I long to see His face 
My father who I missed. My father who I had that relationship with. Oh, and he bestowed that favor to me and he bestowed that coat. My brothers did not like it. Oh, I miss my father. How many times he must have said, God, why would you allow me to be taken away from my father? Why would you allow me to be taken of all of that? And then in this moment, he was overwhelmed with emotion. He didn't have to go excuse himself because of all of the memories. It was a different weeping. It was a different emotion. It was, now I understand. I went to the pit to preserve my father. I went to the prison to preserve my nation. I went to the pit. I was falsely accused. I was suffering. And I understand why it is now. See, friends, sometimes you get discouraged because you don't understand the suffering. You don't understand the heartache. You don't understand the burden. You don't understand the part of your life that has been stolen from you in your mind. But I promise you, if you'll be faithful, if you won't quit... If you'll hang in there, you'll live long enough and you may not understand anything, but there it is. You'll see it. You'll be reminded, that's why God gave me the burden. That's why God took away my health. That's why I had to stand by that grave and shed those tears. That's why I had to deal with that disappointment. And it wasn't, then then you look at it a little differently. I didn't lose all of that life. I lived it so that I might be used for a greater purpose with my life. Let me just mention my outline. I won't preach it. Joseph had to be a willing vessel. Joseph, sometimes we think, well, I'll do it for, I'll be a willing vessel, but I just need to understand that's not a willing vessel. One of the hardest things that I have to do as a pastor to have one of you be going through something and say, Pastor, why? And for me to say, I don't know. Some things just aren't for us to know. But he had to be a willing vessel, friend. If you ever want to get to the place, I'm afraid, I'm afraid it's tragic in the life of so many Christians. They have that. We all have burdens. We all have heartaches. Not all of you is going to have to bury a A husband, a wife, a child to experience a burden and a heartache. But there are things that you'll go through. You'll wonder, God, why am I going through it? None of us are going to go through the extent that Joseph has gone through. But the principles remain the same. Sometimes we'll shed tears because we're human. We're weak. We have emotion. The disappointment, the reality of our suffering comes around and we have to excuse ourselves because we think of everything that we have endured, everything that we have missed. But if we're just faithful and say, God, I'm a willing vessel, I'm willing to be used, God will bring it all the way around to the weeping's a little bit different. Now I understand. He was a willing vessel. He had a pure heart. Just be, be not... Do not grieve, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves. Joseph was not bitter. Joseph, uh, he, he said, hey, don't be upset. I've, I understand now why God allowed these things to happen. He, he, had a, he, had a, he had realized that God had a perfect plan. Look at verse number 7. Let's go ahead and go back to verse number 6. For these two years hath the famine been in the land... And yet there are five years in the which there shall neither be earring nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, 
but God. For he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Part of my responsibility as your pastor is to remind you God has a perfect plan. Your responsibility is to stay faithful long enough for God to show you what his, what his perfect plan is. Sometimes we don't know bits and pieces and some things God will not reveal till we're with him. We'll know. But there are times on this earth we've just got to be faithful long enough for God to give some kind of meaning, some kind of reasoning for why we have had to endure what we've had to endure. But Joseph showed a patient perseverance. Christian, persevere long enough. Long enough for you to have this moment like Joseph had. You know, there's long days sometimes of loneliness, long days of suffering, us and our thoughts and our disappointment. Parts of our life we think are taken from us and we can never relive it, and all we have is a distant memory of how it was before. No, I've lived it and I've counseled it with different things that I've experienced and losing a child. uh, You're always going to refer to it as before and after. It's the new normal. Joseph could think in that cell all he wanted to about how it was before, but he's still in a prison cell. And even after he was pulled out of that cell and placed in that position of prominence and leadership and he had everything at his disposal and the scripture confirms again the scripture we just read that that Joseph could get anything he wanted to out of Pharaoh if Joseph wanted it Pharaoh said you have it even even although that is a hundred times better than a prison there had to be times when Joseph thought back and said, wouldn't it be nice? What would my life have been like if I'd never been put in that pit? What would my life have been like if I'd never been sold into slavery, never been given to that prison? And God gives him a moment when he says, Joseph, as he puts his family in front of him, Joseph says, I understand now. I understand now. Christian, you may not understand today why things have transpired the way they've transpired. But you have a faithful God who gets no pleasure out of your suffering. Who gets no pleasure out of your hardship. Who gets no pleasure out of your lonely times. But he does get honor when you persevere in your suffering. He does get honor when you persevere in your loneliness. He does get honor when you persevere through your difficult times. 
Friend, my challenge to you tonight is, is for you just to keep on being faithful. You just, you just feel, if you've got to, say, Pastor, I, I love serving, and, but, I, but, but I'm weary right now, and my emotions are overtaking me. My weakness is making itself evident. Well, you may need to go excuse yourself and shed some tears and, and weep sorely, but then when you're done, dry your cheeks off, get back in the battle, get back in the fight, stand at your post, and you may not have the answers, but you just stay faithful. I promise you this, uh, you You'll cross a young lady one day and you can say, I know exactly what you're going through. I grew up the same way you did. Let me tell you, you can make it. You can make it. And there's one less casualty that would be in this world because you didn't quit in your prison. You you didn't quit in your pit. And you continued on. You continued on. You say, now I understand. There'll be somebody you'll win to Christ who's in the... What a coincidence. God allowed me to meet somebody who's been exactly what I went through. No, friend, your God's bigger than that. No, friend, your God, God is, is, is organizing things in a greater way than that. God allows you to go through something because He knew at that moment in time He would have your path cross the path of somebody else and you can say, you can get through it. You can make it. You can have victory. Let me tell you how to let God help you get through this. And then it's in those moments along the way you say, I understand God. But just because Joseph understood, he didn't change what he'd been through. But he allowed God to use his life and use these things in his life to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. I wonder, Christian, who you could preserve if you just stay faithful. Just stay faithful. And you know, God will remind you Over and over and over again. That's why. That's why. That's why. No, I wish I could tell you. I used the situation with our daughter as an example. I wish I could tell you since that first moment I was able to help somebody else who had been what we had been through, I wish I could say I'd never shed a tear. Oh, but no, you have those times of emotion. You have those times when you've got to excuse yourself, but you come back and God will bring somebody else across your path. And, and you'll, sit, you'll sit across from a church member now and, and they'll be weeping and they'll say, Pastor, I've lost I've lost my loved one. But you know what it's like maybe not to bury a, a, a wife or maybe to bury a, the same loved one they have. But you know what it's like. I know what it's like to bury a child. I know how your heart hurts and I can look at them with a sympathy that only somebody who's experienced that. And I can say, now I understand God. Now I understand why you've allowed this to happen. Friend, you've just got to persevere. Don't ever fail to see the difference between the two encounters with Joseph and his brothers. I believe one was an overwhelming emotion of all of those years, everything he experienced. The second encounter, our text tonight, I believe God pulled back the veil and said, this is why. And the weeping was one not of sorrow and not of regret, but of joy. I didn't quit In the prison. I allowed God to use me. 
I made up my mind a long time ago, and I trust you have too, and you will if you haven't. You can't change the sorrow. You can't, you can't take disease out of your body. You can't take disease out of your loved one's body. You can't give life back to a loved one, or you would do it. If you have to go through the heartache, if you have to endure the burden, why don't we just all say, if I've got to go through it, why don't I allow God to teach me everything that he wants to teach me? But why don't I allow myself to be, why don't I just be faithful in waiting the opportunity for God to use that? How many Christians will get angry at bitter in God and they'll never see the fulfillment of the reason? That's why. That's why. Friend, God has a plan. You be faithful. You be faithful. Father, I pray that you'll use...